This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Volunteering has so many benefits. It goes beyond just the singular act of kindness. It builds communities and connects you to the people around you. Anne Camozzi has been a lifelong volunteer and is a disability rights advocate based in Nova Scotia. Hey, good morning, Anne. Nice to chat with you again. Good morning, Dave. It's great to be here. And I want to start with the why. Why are you so passionate about volunteering? Well, the risk of sounding like the old lady on the show, I've been volunteering my whole life, which is a long time. I started volunteering at age 16. And honestly, it's enriched my life so much. And um, I like to think, you know, made a contribution to community. So I just really believe in it as a lifelong ethic. And I'm hoping to pass that on to, you know, my grandchildren, for example. I, I, uh, I'm in a similar boat to you. I've maybe been a little bit less of an active volunteer just as my career got very busy. It was tough to be on boards or go to a ton of events, but I'm tr- really trying to find ways to give back. Uh, I actually just agreed to be a mentor for Fighting Blindness Canada to uh, mentor young people, which uh, I think is probably uh, something that I'd, that I'd be very good at, that I can offer some guidance. So that's, like, that, that's something that I'm sort of drilling down on here this year, trying to figure out where and how I can give back in a way that is not limited by my disability, but can maybe offer something to other people with disabilities. So where do I land here? What are some of the other numbers around volunteering in Canada? Well, first of all, congratulations for taking that on. And, and and you're absolutely right. I'll talk a little bit more about the whole idea of disability, but the numbers are a little discouraging, I think, because um, although we're a, a, a country of volunteers, I think in 2018, over 24 million Canadians volunteered, which is really 79% of Canadians. But the change that's happening is something that really needs to, I think, be addressed. My generation, the boomers and the mature population, the, the one ahead of me, we're we're big time formal volunteers. We sit on boards, we dedicate a lot more hours. For example, the hours contributed by people born um, between 1918 and 1945 was something like 222 hours a year. Wow. And and um, and baby boomers 197. Now some of that is related to the fact that. Some, Some of us are semi-retired, we're not inactive, but I'm willing to bet that when we were 40, we were also volunteering that much. When you compare that with millennials and iGens, 78% are volunteering, but very much less time. Um, We're talking about uh, 99 hours compared to 200 hours. And, and, And the important distinction is that 
it's informal volunteering versus formal volunteering. So you were saying you didn't have time to sit on boards and that seems to be a common thing. Whereas I'm on like two or three boards and I've always been on two or three boards. And, and I think our generation, we, that was the way we volunteered and it's great to do informal volunteering, but the problem is all these volunteer nonprofit charitable organizations all require formal um, board organizations in order to work. And so like I was talking to a young person in her 30s and she was saying, well, I don't have time. I can't go on boards, but I can post things on Instagram. I can post things on social media. And then she proceeded to try and convince me that I should watch all three seasons of Ted Lasso for the second time. And I was like, you don't have time to be on a board, but you've got time to watch three seasons or Ted Lasso three times. So I think it's a different in values. You know, when I, when I, my kids were little and I was working, we didn't have Netflix at night. We had go to the board meeting. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a different mm-hmm. world. You know, it's a, it's a very different world. Yeah. I, and, and I'm going to push back on you just a little bit here. Right. Cause, cause I think you, yeah. I think you and I are in alignment in regards to like the positive ethic of volunteering, but yeah. I'm also deeply understanding of people who are trying to work two or three jobs to like pay rent. So, so I understand the Netflix example that you're giving, but people deserve downtime as well. So I, I don't mean to push back on this completely, but I, but I don't want people to feel judged for not engaging in the, the extent of volunteering that might've been a traditional generational expectation and fair enough because we could get by and pay our mortgage with one job but i I think it's not just a time thing it's a perception that people don't want to sit in a meeting and contribute to a board and i Mm. i would really like to see more board involvement from younger generations because the food banks have to operate. The nonprofit affordable housing societies have to operate. And most importantly, they need the voice of disabled people on yeah, those boards. Yeah. And and if we don't have our voices on those boards, our needs don't get met. And I really think it's important to reconsider, you know, commitments to how you contribute to organizations. And, you know, with Zoom now, a lot of board meetings are done virtually anyway. So I, I just think it's a perception of, of how we contribute. Mm. And I, I guess I want to educate a little bit about the importance of making that formal contribution. And maybe the Netflix example is a bad one. I'm not trying to hit on that generation. For sure. <laughs> millennials and Gen Z get dumped on enough and it will not stand on this show hosted by a geriatric millennial. Uh, and, but I think when you talk about the, the formal nature of volunteering, that's where skills development comes into play. And that's maybe one of the hidden benefits, right? That you and I can understand why raising money through a bottle drive or going out and being part of a, a crafts fair or take your pick, whatever it might be, is is something you can do and you feel good and it's kind of an electrical reaction in your brain. But there is a skills development that comes from sitting on boards or that more formal volunteering. Well, not just skills development. I mean, networking, you know, job, uh, job leadership skills, um, getting a different job happened to me through working on, as a volunteer. Um, it enhances, you know, your interpersonal skills it makes you less lonely when i first moved to a new community the way i met people was volunteering to be on boards it it can provide you with a sense of purpose and fulfillment you know and 
it 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 gives kind of a direction and 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 kind of overall theme to your life that is not all about ourselves mm. and and you know i feel like in disability and i have a lot of pain and it's important for me to get out of my head about myself and that's where volunteering has been such an enriching experience for me i've had fun and and then there's that feeling of con- contributing to positively benefiting your community and 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 i think that all those things are what make us more whole as a person and and really important part of life you mentioned the disability side of this and specifically you referenced zoom I do think that in this world, I'd be more comfortable sitting on a board because it wouldn't be three or four buses to get to a board meeting uh, that lasts for 45 minutes and then you just sort of go off into the ether. So what's some of your advice about people with disabilities who maybe want to get involved but are feeling a little intimidated for the first step? Well, first of all, know your worth. Know how important it is to have your voice heard. Your your example, Dave, is a perfect example of a huge benefit to society, being a mentor to somebody. This is a huge role we can play as disabled individuals, especially for those who were born with disabilities to help people who acquire disabilities. So, you know, I think volunteering is looking at your passions. If you're passionate about sports, Think about Special Olympics. I was a Special Olympics volunteer for over 20 years, and they are some of the most wonderful moments of my life being involved in Special Olympics. It was so rewarding. I got way more out of it than I ever put into it. And if if you're worried about how you can like be involved in the actual board, don't be afraid to speak up and ask for accommodations. I found that people are more than willing to always give accommodations. And think about where your interests lie. If you like children, you know, you can volunteer in after school programs. If you have a service dog, you can take the dog to the library. You can you can um, uh, work at a shelter. All organizations have paperwork needs. We might not be able to go to a lot of meetings and get out and go about, but we can stuff. If you can stuff envelopes, you can be a volunteer. And if you can't stuff envelopes like me because of my hands, you can find other roles to do. And and really, it's it's all kinds of projects from political projects to teaching to mentoring, to going to seniors' homes. Um, There's such an amazing uh, wealth of places that we can volunteer, and really it's only limited by your own imagination. Um, Giving lectures about uh, the realities of your disability, the best ways to treat people in the community. I think um, uh, telephone calls, like we can be wonderful support people Mm. on telephone Mm. calls. You can get... You know, some of it requires training, but all these organizations do that. I've been thinking about becoming a volunteer for something called Give a Warm Phone Call, which is um, we just call people and say, you know, have a nice day, and I'd probably try and get them painting. Some people are musical, (laughs) you know, they can play music at, at, at a senior's home. I know somebody who goes and plays a piano at a senior's home for three hours a week. I think it's like looking at your own skills and saying, you know, how can I use those to help some other people? And then reaching out to organizations in your community. And I think almost all organizations want volunteers. 
and this is going to seem like a little bit of a sharp turn, but it relates to something that you're typically talking about, which is climate emergency and climate adaptation and preparedness. What's the line that you draw between being able to effectively volunteer and the more frequent climate emergencies that are popping up around the country and around the world? Well, I think it's a, a really interesting turn because I think that what the climate emergencies now demand is that we do become involved as volunteers in emergency management. And, and that has a couple of layers to it. First of all, after Fiona, the hurricane here in, in Atlantic Canada, we were without power and all communications um, in my community for three weeks, just like Prince Edward Island. Some places were three weeks. Um, uh, CB operators, you know, turned out to be some of the people that were communicating. And many people, some people with disabilities are involved in radio operations. Um, calling your local emergency management office in your community and asking how you can volunteer, you will be given a role. Most emergency management in Canada is volunteer. People don't realize that. Mm. If you live in Metro Toronto, you have the fire department. But most communities in Nova Scotia, EMO, which is Emergency Management Office, is volunteer. There are many roles that you can have in terms of telephone trees, communication jobs. I'm working as a volunteer here for our local emergency management office to try and help them understand the needs of people with disabilities. And this is why it's really important to speak up. Um, and become a volunteer. But the other area of climate emergency volunteerism is working for groups that are working on the climate emergency. So like I can't get in the river and help clean it up and do physical things, but I can certainly be on boards and get involved in that way and create written documents and contribute. And I, and I think it's a role we all, it's, it's an emergency. Yeah. If right? so, if, At two levels. <laughs> yeah. If someone will drive me, I can use my big muscular frame to stack sandbags, but I got to get there first. So someone's got to offer to give me a lift. And thank you for this. Have a lovely day. Always uh, enlightening conversations when you stop by. Thanks so much, Dave. Have a great have a great rest of week. Thank you Take very care. much. That's Anne Camozzi, disability rights advocate in Nova Scotia. Coming up next, North America's premier custom car show is rolling into Winnipeg next week. Community reporter Derek Lackey revs you up for piston ring world of wheels. This is now with Dave Brown on AMI TV. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.